God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Uh, so there's a lot for us to uh, uh, get into today. And we're going to start with, um, well, we're going to start with the uh, finishing up what we ended with on the show yesterday, which was a, a Trump interview with Maria Bartiroma. And the one part that we missed was his commentary on uh, Trump's commentary on the uh, uh, January 6th. And there were some really good sound bites in this. And I want to play that really quick and get that out of the way. And then we're going to get into a lot of other things uh, that we're going to be talking about Cuba today uh, and so many other things, critical race theory, a lot of things. But let's take a listen to Donald Trump. Let me move on. The uh, fencing around the Capitol is beginning to come down uh, this week uh, and this weekend. And I know that you have had some time to reflect on what took place on that day, January 6th. Talk to us about what you're thinking about as you reflect what happened that day from your standpoint. So there was a big rally called. And actually, when I say big, who knew? But there was a, a rally called and a tremendous number of people. The largest one I've ever spoken before is called by people, by patriots. And they asked me if I'd speak, and I did. And it was a very mild-mannered speech, as I think has been. In fact, they just came out with a report in Congress, and they didn't mention my name, literally. But what they were complaining about and the reason, in my opinion, you had over a million people there, which the press doesn't like to report at all, because it shows too much, uh, too much activity, too much, too much uh, spirit and faith and love. There was such love at that rally. You had over a million people there. They were there for one reason, the rigged election. They felt the election was rigged. That's why they were there. And they were peaceful people. These were great people. The crowd was unbelievable. And I mentioned the word love. The love 
the love in the air. I've never seen anything like it. And you know, that's Mr. why yep. they went to Washington. And by the way, I can tell you that I thought, because I was hearing from a lot of people, there going to be a lot of people coming there, much bigger than anybody ever anticipated by many times. And I had suggested to the Secretary of Defense, perhaps we should have 10,000 National Guardsmen standing by. And he reported that, as you know. Uh, but I, we should have. And he was turned down. I said, it's subject to Congress. You know, they run it. Nancy Pelosi runs it. So it would be subject to the Capitol Police and the other things, whatever they need. But I said, perhaps you need 10,000, because I think the crowd is going to be very large. Who knows? Maybe two people will show up, but I think it's going to be very large. Anyway, he had that. He went to them. They said it won't be necessary. They were the ones that were responsible. They were the ones. And this came out very loudly in the report. Yeah, that report showed FBI operatives uh, potentially uh, aware, but there are unanswered questions here. What did the FBI know? Why weren't your cabinet secretaries briefed? What did Speaker Pelosi know, Chuck Schumer, McConnell? Do you have any answers to that? They continue to call this an oh, armed insurrection, and yet no guns were seized, Mr. President. Right. There were no guns whatsoever. And yet Antifa, which went into Portland and went into so many other places, Seattle, they took over a big part of Seattle. People died. And there were plenty of guns there, by the way. And in Minnesota and Minneapolis, they got there was no repercussions for them. And yet they have people still in jail. There were no guns. There were no guns. And by the way, while you're at it, who shot Ashley Babbitt? Why are they keeping that secret? Who was the person that shot an, an innocent, wonderful, incredible woman, a military woman, right in the head, and there's no repercussions? If that were on the other side, it would be the biggest story in this country. Who shot Ashley Babbitt? People want to know, and why? Well... That's right. And I want to talk about that because Ashley Babbitt, a wonderful woman, fatally shot on January 6th as she tried to climb out of a broken window. Um, her family has spoken out. Her family has been on Tucker Carlson and they want answers as far as why this wonderful woman, young woman who went to peaceful protest was shot. Do you have any information? There is speculation that this was a security detail in a leading member of Congress's uh, security right. detail, a Democrat. What can you tell us in terms of who shot Ashley Babbitt? What do you know, Mr. President? So, so I've heard that I will tell you they know who shot Ashley Babbitt. They're protecting that person. I've heard also that it was the head of security for a certain high official, a Democrat. And we'll see, because it's going to come out. It's going to come out. What happened to Ashley Babbitt and what's happening currently to people that are incarcerated. And, you know, it would be one thing if you did that. But why isn't BLM, the death and the destruction that they've caused in Manhattan, in New York, in Chicago, if you take a look at the kind in L.A. and look at Minnesota, look what they did in Seattle. They're not paying a price. In New York, they released 400 people who practically burned down Fifth Avenue and burned down our stores and killed people. And they're all released. They were released. Don't worry about it. We, you just leave. It was just announced. And yet you have people with no guns that walk down 
And frankly, the doors were open and the police in many cases, you know, they have they have hundreds of hours of tape and they're not releasing the tape. They ought to release the tape to see what really happened. But there was also a love fest between the police, the Capitol Police and the people that walked down to the Capitol. So I think it's going to all come out. But you have to find out and you can do it perhaps better than most. And I think I know the answer. But who shot Ashley Babbitt and why are they holding that information back? And they have to release the people that are incarcerated. They won't do it to the other side. Yeah, it's absolutely quite extraordinary. I want you to know that my team reached out to Senator Chuck Schumer's office uh, to check on what he may know about who shot Ashley Babbitt. We have not heard back from Chuck Schumer's office. We did send a note. Folks, I want to interrupt just right there. And you see how she mentioned Chuck Schumer's office? Chuck Schumer's office. I, I believe that Lieutenant Byrd uh, I'm, I have suspicions that he's a secure, head of security detail for a high-ranking uh, congressional official. It very well couldn't be, can be, that there may be, and that's a tea leaf right there. That's the tea leaf that suggests that that, that person is connected with Chuck Schumer. And call, yeah, what do you think? Do you know well, who I it is, Mr. Why. President? I wonder why. You know, they, they talk big and they're uh, real law and order people when it comes to a certain group. But with another group, they can do whatever they want. Hey, I was in Washington and I saw what happened. And the repercussions to these people was like the people that did damage in these various Democrat run, in all cases, Democrat run cities, there was no repercussion whatsoever. There was nothing, nothing happened to them. And yet they have people who walk with no guns, with no nothing. They're currently incarcerated and there's large numbers of them. And it's not right. And they're military people and they're police officers and they're construction workers. And they're tremendous in many cases, tremendous people, tremendous people. Now, we have to find out why is there a double standard? Why is Antifa vicious? Killers. Why is Antifa and BLM, which is a scam of the system, why are they set free all the time? Never even arrested. Never even arrested. Mm. Why is it? Well, Mr. President, on that day, January 6th, you did speak with Kevin McCarthy. Let me just point out that Nancy Pelosi is going forth with a commission to investigate all of this. It may very well be that Kevin McCarthy is called to testify under oath. Do you want to tell us what took place on that phone call? No, I don't have to because Kevin will speak and I'm sure Kevin will be uh you know, very good from that standpoint. But I will tell you this. Okay. Uh, if they're going to do this, you know, very partisan investigation because they couldn't get the support to do a straight investigation. A big part of that investigation is the reason that people went to Washington. And that's because of the fraudulent presidential election of 2020. And that has to be a part of it. And everybody that yeah. got there, I think, on the one side, Those people want to talk about the reason they were there, because to me, that's the biggest crime of all. We had a corrupt election. Mm -hmm. We had a rigged election. We had a stolen election. And that's why you had over a million people 
march to Washington. Yeah. Mr. President, we are watching on the side of the screen the Virgin Galactic. Vital, and we not only did it. Owning the Washington Post. So I just say better them than me. I would rather see Richard in the plane today than uh, me and leading the pack in space by far. From China to manage, he gets. And Alan Dershowitz to respond back in a moment. <laughs> My mic was off. <laughs> Sorry. Um, hey, the phone lines are open, too. Uh, if you want to call in and weigh in on a couple of issues, uh, you're welcome to do that. Uh, the number is 215-867-8255. That's 215-TOP-TALK. 215-867-8255. If you'd like to call in and be heard, I hope the phone works. I, I'm not so sure it does. But uh, again, um, we're working on a new system. So uh, the system uh, we have in place does work when we need it to. Um but uh, we're, we're going to improve it for sure. All right. So that was, um, I thought that the interesting aspects of that interview was the Chuck Schumer connection with this Ashley Babbitt shooter. I thought that was interesting. Um, and there's a lot more interesting. I know uh, on the day of January 6th, we had friends come down and they were in studio and they went to the event. And one of them even appeared on air uh, with us that morning and was going to go to the event. And I chose not to go, uh, even though I was almost supposed to go uh, to that event. And I didn't think uh, that was really where we needed to put our assets. If you recall back at that time, I had been saying the argument isn't in a rally on the big lawn outside of the Capitol. The uh, big issue there was that the states needed to withhold their certifications and, you know, basically look into the fraud that was going on. And uh, there was a lot of fraud. And Jenna Ellis and Mayor Rudy Giuliani did a great job. And um, and now we're seeing that Ronna McDaniel, we're seeing Ronna McDaniel get in the way of things, basically rejecting out of out of hand, you know, it's out of pocket, uh, any notion that there was fraud. And in addition to that, we are now learning that Bill Barr, Bill Barr is uh, he was in meddling in the Pennsylvania election. How do you like those apples? That's pretty terrible, folks. When you think about it, that's absolutely horrendous. So Emerald Robinson put out something that says, the former U.S. attorney for Eastern District of Pennsylvania confirms the U.S. attorney of Eastern District of Pennsylvania confirms that Bill Barr told him to ignore voter fraud. Barr was helping Biden get elected. And this was put out by Conservative Treehouse, the Last Refuge, Sundance. President Trump confirms it was McSwain. Uh, So full expanded backstory here. So 
There's an article over at the Last Refuge, the conservativetreehouse.com. During speech, President Trump reveals letter from Pennsylvania U.S. Attorney detailing Bill Barr blocking Philadelphia vote fraud investigation. Let's take a listen to this. But I just a day ago received a statement from the U.S. Attorney, highly respected, in Pennsylvania that Bill Barr would not allow him to investigate voter fraud. Can you believe it? Now, you have to understand, Philadelphia is the second most corrupt place. So I understand, okay? So I understand. In the nation, you know what first is? Detroit. Detroit was so corrupt. Philadelphia was so corrupt. But the U.S. attorney was not allowed to investigate what this just came out in a letter. You don't even know about this, Devin, right? Matt, that's a big one. What do you think? I, we have a letter. You'll have to get it from him because I want to stay out of it. Get it from the U.S. attorney, but I'm sure he'll be willing to provide it. But he's given it to us. He was not allowed to do his job. And I saw that. He was all enthused. And then all of a sudden, it was like he was turned off. And so were others. This was true with so many others that when the Justice Department, they failed to call out the late-night ballot stuffing that took place in Georgia. Remember that? Where they made up a story of a water main break in order to get people and security to leave the premises. And then they went into a rampage of stuffing, essentially, the ballots. But now that event, because of me and some very good people, is in court Let's see how that one turns out. That's President Trump fighting for America. Uh, We're going to go ahead and take a caller here. And caller, you're on the air. Hey, uh, hey Scott. Uh, You know, you were playing that uh, uh, Trump talking about Philadelphia. I I was thinking, are you also in Philadelphia? Is that where you're at no, no, no. We used to be based out of Philadelphia. We lived in Philadelphia. I lived in Philadelphia. I was born in Philadelphia, but I lived in Philadelphia for 18 years. The last last 18 years, I was a member of the Philadelphia GOP. I used to be a minority inspector at uh, Ward 5 in uh, right down in Center City. So, yeah, I'm, I'm uh, very familiar with the corruption in Philadelphia. I mean, I actually sat at a bar elbow to elbow with Mayor Kinney when he was a city council guy. He used to get drunk every Uh-oh. single night over in Ray Street uh, Cafe. Uh, you know, I mean, the guy was just a lot. Yeah, yeah, I didn't realize that. I mean, I'm a South Jersey guy, so we're, we're almost neighbors. But, yeah. you know, and, and I don't now, mean well, right to, now, to take you with- Right now we're in D.C. Our, our show oh, and our okay. headquarters is in D.C. now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, but, yeah, I don't mean to take you away from what you were talking about, but there's something that's, uh, on my mind that, that uh, I don't see people addressing, I think, in nearly enough. And that's the fact that out in Maricopa, they still have not gotten the routers and the passwords out there. And I don't understand what's going on. So I don't know, maybe you have some insight into what what they're waiting, what the holdup is. The holdup is that the um, Dominion won't Give it to the give that information over to the uh, to the Maricopa County election officials that are 
actually not even predominantly liberal. It's like a three to two uh, conservative a group of five um, that's in Maricopa County that um, uh, is there central to the county election officials, right? So the state Senate is, you know, demanding this audit. And then the audit was supposed to get everything that they wanted. And that was agreed upon. Uh, but then all of a sudden they hit a nerve. And it's like, no, you can't go there. This door is always closed, you know, and that, that seems to be what's going on. Um, but uh, I think that they're going to have to litigate that. And I, I believe that the court would have to agree that they would have access to these things. They've already said in Arizona that the Arizona machines that they're going to use next election are going to be the ones that uh, Cyber Ninjas touched. Which begs the question, if you say these machines can't be manipulated, why are you so worried that Cyber Ninjas <laughs> is manipulating them? You see what I mean? Right. Uh, absolutely. No, we're, we're definitely simpatico. But I think, I think the thing is, what, what I, from my perspective, they're not really playing hardball. They're trying to be nice to these, they're playing nice with these people who potentially committed treason. You know, <laughs> if these things have been subpoenaed, there's recourse. They can start to, you know... Send the sheriff, throw people in jail. Isn't that true? Yeah. Now, they're, that, that's right. And if it was the Democrats going after the Republicans and the Republicans were fraudsters and uh, uh, like the libtards are, um, then I would <laughs> definitely say that uh, they would be going for the jugular, just like they did with this January 6th hoax. I mean, January 6th wasn't an insurrection. It was, it was a peaceful rally hijacked by some infiltrators probably coordinated by embedded FBI and also coordinated by the Capitol Police, run by Nancy Pelosi. This was a scam. This was a gimmick. This was a hoax. But that's what they're doing. And, and you know, the thing is, Maricopa of Copa County was McCain country. It has been corrupted ever since McCain took office. Um, I, I mean, uh, Arizona in general. Um, I think there's a lot of corruption in Arizona because They've been getting these Jeff Flake kind of people, you know, Jeff Flake and John McCain, all of these people. You're like wondering, why are they electing these people over and over again? And you got to think right. that it's got to lend itself to corruption. But, you know, my biggest concern about Arizona, since you live in Arizona by way of, you said New Jersey? No, no, I'm not in. Yeah, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, uh, well, we spoke, I called oh, a few weeks ago. We spoke about the the uh, issue with the uh, ballots and them being anonymous. I'm the tr- trucker Jeff from. Oh, from, uh, that's from New right. Okay, so you're in Jersey. You were in Indiana that day, and now yeah, you're... I'm in Nebraska today. Oh, you're in Nebraska. Oh, but you were, we're talking about Arizona. I got you. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, no, that, you know, that, that, I brought that up to a legal scholar we had on the show on Friday, on the last Friday, I think. And, um, yeah, that really resonated with me when you brought that up about that. And, um, and so the idea is exactly that I was just about to go into that same vein, which was my biggest concern is we're not going to get that as nearly as much as we were hoping for out of the Arizona audit. What I think we can get is exposure to the fraud. I think that the machines are going to show that there's a violation of chain of custody, that there's no way to prove A or B, you know, there's no way to prove true or false whether the machines 
have the integrity necessary for a free and fair election. So they, if you have a system that has a whole bunch of uh, breaking of the chain of uh, chain of uh, custody, right? The links are broken. Then you can't use that system. You know, once you once you have a system where the chain of custody breaks down, um, I think that you have to throw out that system and get a new system. So what I'm hoping for is that they'll find about 300,000 votes, more than likely, that are fraud. And uh, that's my estimate. And once they do that, the state's, state legislature can decertify. But they're never going to find out what those 300,000 votes, how they voted. They're never going to be able to find that out. That's the problem. So we're never going to get to know what the actual tally should have been. But what we can say is that fraud existed in an enormous capacity to where we can decertify or reject the outcome of that certification. So we can decertify the election. But I need to, you know, what I want to see happen is I want to see the election machines themselves be uh, banned uh, because I think that's the crux of the matter. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I tell you, we got we can't have this because we need to have legitimate elections. But you know, the like you said, the thing that could turn. I, I agree with you. I don't know, three hundred thousand. I was thinking maybe a couple hundred thousand, whatever, whatever the number is, to to understand words. The, the the passwords and the routers are really significant. So I don't know if there's anybody that you can speak to that you know maybe put more to put pressure on them. To really find out, like, hey, you know, you, they have to get this info. Go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. No, uh, no, we no, have a okay. person calling. I was just saying yeah. that I don't know if you know anyone who, who you can talk to that can maybe put some light on the fact that these they need these things. They need the passwords. They need the router. Right. You know. All right, Jeff. I got to take another um, caller calling in. I don't know how to. This system okay. is limited, right. but, nice but, but, but thank you. Okay. All right. And we have another caller. Caller, uh, you're on the air. Is that me? Yes, that's you. Hey, good morning, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, I, I, I have a. Uh, oh, but have what's a your name and where are you calling from? Oh, uh, 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 Scott in San Diego. Oh, okay. Hey, how are you? Hi. Um, what is the one thing that a liar cannot abide? Uh, tell me. Questions. Okay. Let's let's. And that's why we have censorship. And the way that they get around the censorship is saying, "Well, we're not censoring you," which is which they're not. You can speak as much as you want, but they're not allowing you to be heard. That's the censorship, right? And I think Trump is going down the wrong path. I think I think uh, they need to focus on the unaccountability of of the, uh, the these platforms. When they ban somebody, there's no you can't appeal, and if you do, you don't get any answer. And they have such superfluous uh, uh, Wait, rules. I'm just curious you know, how's Trump how is Trump going down the wrong path? Well, because he's saying they're censoring, but they're not censoring. They're going to get around that. They're going to say, no, we're not censoring. You, you can speak as much as you want. No, no, no. Who but are we talking no about right here? you have no right to be heard. That's Who's the censoring? They're going to say well, you have no right to be heard. 
But who is censoring is my question. The the the, the uh, Facebook and uh, Twitter and all, and all them. Well, you know, they they I'm, are censoring, right? This. Huh? The, you know they're censoring, right? Right, but you have to understand the nuance. You know how these people speak. They say one thing, but they mean another. They say that they're not censoring, which technically they are not. Because you could post whatever you want. But you have no right to be heard. That's the that's okay, the, well, uh, the, the loophole. Yeah, I that's think the, I think that's we can, the loophole they're going to get into. That's a that's a different debate and question for another day. There's algorithms that would suggest and, otherwise, and and, uh, and and also I'd just like to say that the you know the the, the things that we're experiencing right now with this medical tyranny um, is precisely the reason why you don't want nationalized health care. Oh, well, what was the first part of that? The what we're going through right now with the you know they're getting ready to force uh, oh right the, 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 the draconian mandates and, uh, you know, and you're controls. not allowed to question anything right you're not allowed to to yeah. raise any debate yeah that's why uh, you don't uh, want them in your medical because the government can't be trusted they've proven that yeah it's just well I mean that's what you have that's what happens yeah. when you put uh, petty paranoid yeah. uh, uh, people in power all right. Hey, thank you so much for calling in today. We got a lot of show to uh, get through today. Uh, we're limited right. on time, but thank you. Thank you Thanks. so much. Bye. All right. Um, all right. So, uh, all right. Let's take this to the. I, I have a clip that it's going to be a lot more fun after we get past this nonsensical clip from Kamala Harris. Listen to what she had to say about rural Americans and voting. Is agreeing to voter ID one of those compromises that you'd support? I don't think that we should underestimate what that could mean. Because in some people's mind, that means, well, you're going to have to um, Xerox or, or, or photocopy your ID to send it in to prove you are who you are. Well, there are a whole lot of people, especially people who live in rural communities, who don't, there's no... Kinkos, there's no Office Max near them. People have to understand that when we're talking about voter ID laws, be clear about who you have in mind and what would be required of them to prove who they are. Of course people have to prove who they are, but not in a way that makes it, them, it almost impossible for them to prove who they are. So she's basically saying rural Americans... It's unbelievable. They, they, they try to say black Americans are too stupid. Democrats, not Republicans. Re- Democrats are saying black Americans are too stupid to know where the voting uh, precincts are or to know how to get a, uh, an ID or a license or to uh, learn how to register to vote. And this has been said and done through um, Ami or Ari, Ari Horowitz, did an expose. He went to Cal Berkeley, a bunch of Birkenstock-wearing, granola-eating liberals, right? And all these liberals would make these excuses, these lame excuses for black people. Well, they're less, they're, they can't, uh, whatever. You know, he'd say all these weird things. And then you, he went, took it to Harlem. And he said, do you have any issues, problems, whatever? And it's like, do you have an ID? And they would look at him like, are you crazy? Of course I have an ID. 
It's like, do you know where the uh, voter registration place is? Oh, that's up there. You know, take a two rights and take a left. It's right up there. What's the big deal? Why are you asking me these dumb questions? I mean, black people are, <laughs> you know, I mean, it just doesn't, it's so insulting to black people, I think. You know, and it, it's just absurd that the Democrats get away with this. What kind of what kind of Democrats buy into this crap? Rural Americans can't vote because they, they can't get a photocopy of an ID. Why do they need a photocopy of an ID when they got a driver's license? You just go down to the local township and you vote. I grew up I grew up in the country. Rural America. I was rural America. We used to, we were so remote, we had to burn our trash. We didn't even have trash pickup. But right down the road was Ross Township where we voted. It was a fi- an old fire uh, house. We voted there. Come on, man. Kamala Harris is lying to you. And she's the vice president of the United States, as they tell me. She didn't win it fair and square. In fact, the Bradford file writes, laughing out loud, the guy who who got 81.2 million votes, in quotes, is going to Pennsylvania to fight an election audit. Now we know why. We know why he's sending his uh, the strong arm of the law to get involved with that investigation. That statewide investigation. It's a state jurisdiction. It's a state thing. The federal government shouldn't be meddling in state business. And there goes the federal government to try to cover up for Pennsylvania's fraud. And now we know that Bill Barr told the U.S. Attorney of the Eastern District of Pennsylvania, Philadelphia area, to stand down, do not investigate, turn a blind eye, close your eyes to fraud. Do not get involved. If you do, you'll be fired. You won't work in this town again. It's absolutely absurd. You know, uh, today I really truly wanted to get into a lot of, um, and I have been wanting to do this and I never really have the time. We always seem to run out of time, but I I wanted to go through some of these uh, tweets that I have. Um, that I, I put a lot of good stuff into my tweets, my tweet column. And um, so I wanted to go through it and uh, sort of catch up on some of the things I don't get to talk about on the show because we cover these bigger issues and we know what they are. I mean, we can talk right now about uh, Cuba. And, you know, Trump is being blamed for Cuba right now, Right. Trump's being blamed for Cuba. You know why he's being blamed for Cuba? Because he signed a sanction that basically prevented Cubans from sending money back to Cuba to their families. So Cuba, uh, blame, the, the, related to the Cuba crisis, they're blaming Trump for not allowing remittances to stimulate the Cuban economy at the expense of America's economy. See, he told us Folks, he told us already, America first, to make America great again. It was always about America first, 
to make America great again. And they, um, they, you know, it doesn't work that way. That these people can build the Cuban economy at the expense of America's economy. Shouldn't be that way. And it should not be, creates incentives for people to come over the southern border, the open border, get a job as in a, in, in a Lyft or an Uber, or get a job, you know, somewhere. You know, get a job in some place, shape, or form, and then send the money you make from here back to Mexico or back to Cuba. And the problem with that is it helps their economies, but it doesn't help ours. It, it well, Job growth and the abundance of jobs and then the spending that goes back into the economy is how you build your own economy. So it's important that we understand that. And then the other issue I had on my uh, papers is te- Texas Democrats. They are so hell-bent on preventing votes for uh, election integrity, basically uh, to where they're trying to prevent or limit drive-through voting. Since when do we get drive-through voting? Stand up on your own two feet, get in your car, and go down to the precinct and vote. What is so hard about that? Now, they have this other issue that's come up about Sunday voting. Now, that one, I might even endorse it, but I would actually endorse this. I would endorse having two, election day, a Tuesday, a big, on election day, a national holiday to vote. That's what I would do. I would do that, and I would maybe take away one. Maybe, you know, some other day, like Columbus Day or something like that. But I would definitely do Tuesday as an, a holiday. Election day is a holiday. Just once every four years. And that to me would make more sense. Now the issue is um, come up about Sundays being, you know, that holiday. And that way you save a holiday, right? Because that has a big dent on the economy. So what you could do is you could basically say, okay, there's two days to vote, Tuesdays, and for those who can't make it on Tuesday, you can vote uh, just before it, Sunday. So you can vote on Sunday or you can vote on Tuesday, and that's that. That would be the two days because Sunday's a day of rest. We're going to make an exception once every four years, and there will be voting on Sunday and then on Tuesday. And that would be that. And that way, churches can get get together. Everybody can get on a bus if they want and go and vote. Churches could be part of an outreach, part of the process. And that wouldn't be such a bad thing. As long as it's done legally. And as long as we can do away with these computerized machines that have access to the Internet. So long as we can get rid of the mail-in balloting and the ballot harvesting, so long as we can get our anonymity and our chain of command, chain of custody back. That's the way we should do it. It should always be in person. It should be an exception, not the rule for mail-in balloting or absentee balloting. If you're away at college, if you're overseas in the military, or you have some other extreme circumstance, 
if you're in a hospital. And there should be just those types of reasons that are clear. And you should have to apply. And it shouldn't be easy. Just like the lady, the Chinese lady, Linda Wen, said yesterday about vaccines. Make it easy for vaccines. Make it really, really hard on the people that choose not to get the vaccine. Incidentally, it came out that Macron from France is mandating that all of his health care workers get vaccinated. It's a mandate. You can't work in that business if you don't get vaccinated. Then he said, we're more than likely going to take it to all the people in France. All French citizens must get vaccinated. Meanwhile, J&J came out with this new disease that it creates for their vaccine. The FDA is going to put out a warning on that. Just like Pfizer has this enlarged heart situation. You're supposed to be mandated to take a vaccine that could hurt you with spike proteins and a whole host of other things. Um, you're supposed to take these. And uh, it's not not right. You know, I have a right to not take it. Now, Leonora, you know Leonora, she, she actually got the vaccine because she had to because of the business that she's doing for Bugle Call, for Magapac. She's talking with a bunch of hospitality people for events and a whole bunch of other things. She had to do it. But I didn't take it. And I don't want to take it. But the crux of the argument is that they're trying to suggest that the Republicans are saying, don't take it. And I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, you're welcome to take it all you want. But it should not be a mandate. We should have our freedom and our rights protected. So that, yes, God bless you. You can get your vaccine and enjoy it. Have fun with it. But you know what? Don't ruin my life because I've chosen not to do it. You see, that's not right. That's not American. That's not what our our republic was founded on. And the other big issue is that WHO in that vein is uh, in that vein. Boy, that was a that was a pun intended, right? WHO, the World Health Organization, is working right now on a vaccine digital wallet. I wonder what they have in mind with that vaccine digital wallet, so that the world is going to be tracked in in every way. It's already that they're. The reason why they still have Section 230 in place and the reason why this battle with the big tech is going to be an uphill battle is because, like I was saying, Ted Cruz hired Carly Fiorina, who used Chiliad software to work with General Hayden to track people's business and to do metadata. Um, The other aspect of that is that was all invented by Ghislaine Maxwell's sister, Christine Maxwell when she started Magellan and search engine tools. Search engine tools are how you search everybody's business. They're a lot more sophisticated than they lead on. And that these companies are, you know, we have one more clip we're going to play. Just take a listen to this uh, clip right here. 
to talk about what Google's doing. Let's take a listen to this. Still join us tonight. Peter, thanks a lot for coming on. So, Peter Thiel. What did you mean when you said that? Well, it, uh, it was just in the form of a set of questions I asked where, you know, um, artificial intelligence is something people talk about nonstop in Silicon Valley, uh, but they almost never talk about its dual use. If, if it's real, if this is a real thing, it obviously can also be used by the military. It'll be weaponized in all sorts of ways, and it's an important national security question as to who has it. There's uh, this very peculiar background where Google is working with, uh, with the Chinese um, communist uh, government and not with the U.S. military. So the Project Maven decision was a decision not to work with AI with, with the U.S. military, but they're working with the communist Chinese. And so the question is, you know, from the outside is just what in the world is, is going on there? And I, I sort of suggested a few different possibilities, but I think, uh, you know, it's been they've, they've described it as a Manhattan Project for AI. And so if you go around broadcasting that you're building the Manhattan Project for AI, I, I would think this naturally would draw the attention of foreign intelligence agencies. Um, you know, it, I, I think the Chinese are competent enough that the Ministry of State Security um, is likely to have infiltrated Google. And, uh, and then I think the Google management has sort of a decision of either letting the software go out the front door or figuring it'll get stolen anyway and go out the back door. When you say you believe that Chinese state security is likely to have infiltrated Google, what would that, what does well, that mean? If you, if, you, if you say you're building a Manhattan project for, for AI, don't you think that would attract the interest of foreign intelligence agents? Yes. I'm just, I'm just, it's, yes. It's just, this is just hidden in plain sight. And, uh, and, then, it's, and, then, you know, and then they are, um, uh, well, I think there are sort of all these, uh, all these ways that, uh, that uh, you know, Chinese nationals are engaged in espionage in the U.S. It's, you know, I'm not, I'm not even, it's understandable that China is doing that. They, they see themselves in a you know, very serious competition with the U.S., but, uh, but we're not particularly on our guard about it. And, uh, and if you have sort of a series of super futuristic tech projects that you broadcast the whole world, it's at least a suspicion. And then, uh, and then the, weird, the weird fact that's indisputable is that Google is working with Congress Communist China, but not with the U.S. military on its breakthrough AI. So you know, that guy, Peter Thiel, is on the board of Facebook. He sounds a little like Mark Zuckerberg, doesn't he? Um, so, you know, I don't even know, you know, like whether I trust it, but what he's saying is scary business and uh, coming from sort of an unlikely guy. But in any case, he's a billionaire. He's on the board of Facebook. Peter Thiel just said those things that we're trying to talk about. I think that this has been going on for a long time. It goes back to the Maxwells. It goes back to Jeffrey Epstein to a certain degree. Ghislaine, Jeffrey Epstein, Christine Maxwell, Ghislaine's sister, originated with Magellan. Magellan was a search engine that was pretty much cultivating into something like a Google uh, Carly Fiorina was doing this Chiliad software that was invented by Christine Maxwell that was put into HP machines, bought by the NSA and the CIA's uh, General Hayden, who hates Trump. And, you know, again, Ted Cruz hired or chose her to be the vice presidential candidate. She hates Trump and she's a spook. She was in bed with Christine Maxwell and and General Hayden. And that was Christine Fior uh, Carly Fiorina. So, you know, we, we've been fooled as Republicans. And you take that to Ronna McDaniel, for example. Ronna McDaniel's the biggest rhino. And again, what I said, I said in the tweet, I said this. 
that uh, the the problem here is that with Ron McDaniel and I love what Jenna Ellis is doing. Uh, by the way, I want to thank Faye Yaple for uh, writing in. She said, "What a moronic statement." Uh, that Kamala Harris made on voter ID and copy machines. So she wrote that in. Thank you. Um, Let's see that. Um, I see all. (laughs) So uh, I wrote this in response to John Cardillo's, I'm so sick of people telling me, uh, but she raises a lot of money and we need unity when we call when we call out GOP chairman. Rana uses that money on rhinos and to make, her inner circle consultants, multimillionaires, but hoarded it when donors wanted it used on election fraud. So she didn't share the wealth. Trump made so much money for Rana because Trump was so great. But the thanks Trump got when it came time that he needed some help, uh, she offered zero help because she's Mitt Romney's niece. All right. And so I wrote, Rana raises money for rhinos who endorse globalists' policies because those corporate donors who make the GOP rich directly benefit from multinational trade deals that open up access to slave labor markets like China. Trump was all about humane and fair bilateral trade deals that put America first. And Disclosed TV wrote this, uh, what we talked about. Just in, just in uh, French President Macron announces mandatory COVID-19 vaccinations for all healthcare workers beginning July 21st. And uh, adds, we will probably have to think about the mandatory vaccination of all French citizens at some point. I said, meanwhile, the J&J fax, vax, vaccine has been linked to Gull- Jillian... Bear, a rare autoimmune nerve disorder. So we're supposed to take this, but nevertheless, these things haven't been properly tested. Um, I also want to say this. If they come to your door, this guy put up a sign. It says, door knockers, no solicitation. This property charges $50 per minute to listen. Uh, Let's see. This this, property. Property charges $50 per minute to listen to any vaccine medical uh, advertisement. Payment required in advance by knocking or ringing our doorbell. You agree to the terms stated above. Now, I have a fun clip for you. Um, And this is a woman that was basically telling a story about her next door neighbor's daughter. And I thought it was really funny. Uh, Very good looking girl that... A woman looks like a mother uh, that basically is uh, putting out this fun TikTok, um, but actually, it's there's a lot of truth to it as well, and it's about the difference between the Republicans and the Democrats. Let's take a listen. My neighbors are liberal Democrats, and I was talking to their six-year-old yesterday. She told me she wants to be president of the United States. So I said, well, if you were president of the United States, what would the first thing you would do be? She thinks for a moment. She's six, and she says. Well, I would give the homeless people food and homes. And I said, that's an amazing goal, but you don't have to wait until you're president to do that. So tell you what, come over to my house. You can pull weeds, mow the grass and rake my yard. I'll give you $50. And then I'll take you to where the homeless people are and you can give them that $50 and they can put it towards a new home and food. She thinks for a moment, cause she's six. 
And she says, well, why wouldn't the homeless person just come over and do the work himself and you can pay him? And I just looked at her and I said, welcome to the Republican Party. <laughs> you got to love that, right? That's <laughs> I love I love stuff like that. I, I just absolutely do. Um, but in any case, uh, I want to get through a couple of these tweets. There's some really good tweets that I'm trying to uh, I lost my place. Here it is. OK, so. There's been a lot going on. Um, there is this interview that I want to play at some point. Massive, world-renowned doctor blows lid off of COVID vaccine. Um, there's a short version and a long version. I do have it posted on my social media. Um, and you know what? I just realized we're going to be running out of time. I can't get into these tweets right now, um, but I, I will soon. I want to just say that um, we have a fight on our hands. This is a government that uh, maybe tomorrow I'm going to go through these tweets from they're going to be like the last few days. Uh, they're so good, folks. I retweet a lot of different people. And I'm inspired. My thinking is inspired by these people. I just want to say I really, uh, you know, I really like it. I like what I uh, read out there. And um, so in any case, we're going to get to that tomorrow. It's easy to do. It's just we're going to be reading and having some fun with some tweets. There's really great thinkers out there that make you think twice about certain issues but we're being directly attacked by our government and that's what we need to take away from this they're going after they they don't have ideas that that the people want uh so what they're doing is they what they're doing is they're rigging the election and the problem with rigging an election is that you have these swings it used to be, for example, that back in the JFK days and Nixon and whatever, the difference between the Democrats and the Republicans was so minuscule that our foreign policies uh, were not uh, that different. You know, our policies in general were not that fundamentally different. But now we have basically the ends of the spectrum. We have conservative values and then we have this liberal ideology that's socialism. So it's Capitalism versus socialism, it's, it's, it's no longer just sort of in the middle. And it's extreme. The only way, uh, and, and foreign governments will exploit those extremities. Iran, China, Russia, wait us out on foreign policy, on trade deals, hoping that they'll get a guy like Biden in to, to give them favor. And those extreme swings get exploited by foreign adversaries. Um, and you normally wouldn't have these extreme swings if you didn't have election fraud. So we're going to get into that tomorrow as well. But in any case, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to Scott Adams Show. And we'll see you next time on the radio. We're going to the mounds getting steeper. And grab a shovel, dig a hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there.